if we are able to use big data and digital technologies to uh, truly track and get a much deeper insight into what the uh, environmental implications are of what we do as businesses and, uh, and our economic activity, uh, then we're able to internalize that. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is the Climate 21 podcast, the number one podcast showcasing best practices in climate emissions reductions. And I'm your host, Global Vice President for SAP, Tom Raftery. Climate 21 is the name of an initiative by SAP to allow our customers calculate, report and reduce their greenhouse gas emissions. In this Climate 21 podcast, I will showcase best practices and thought leadership by SAP, by our customers, by our partners and by our competitors, if they're game, in climate emissions reductions. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast in your podcast app of choice to be sure you don't miss any episodes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Climate 21 podcast. My name is Tom Raftery with SAP and with me on the show today, I have Jacob. Jacob, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. I'm Jacob Densick. I am the economic research leader from IBM's uh, Institute for Business Value. We are a research arm within the IBM services business unit. uh, And we look at how technologies and business trends are shaping opportunities and challenges for our clients and the wider society and economy in which we live. And um, I, I focus a lot on how digital technologies are creating new, uh, have, having a lot of implications for the economy in which we live and uh, and also in that context, uh, the, how it can contribute to, to environmental sustainability. Okay, superb, superb. And why, let's start, let, let's do a bit of context setting first. Why is that important? Why do you think it's important that we care about climate and sustainability and all these kind of things? Given, I mean, this is the Climate 21 podcast, so we care, but why should the, the wider world care? I think uh, there's obviously a sort of uh, an, an existential element to this. As, as a humanity, we have to care, I think, uh, and I take that also at a personal level, very important. Uh, but as uh, I think we are also seeing very much uh, uh, amongst businesses and, and amongst the clients that IBM work with, that environmental sustainability is becoming more and more important. Uh, and I think... Uh, not just as a corporate social responsibility initiative or for compliance reasons, but really central to their business strategy and how they see opportunities and challenges uh, going forward. Uh, And I think there are various reasons for that. Um, First and foremost, I think the environment and environmental risks are themselves becoming more prominent for businesses and their operations. Uh, so whether it's uh, related to climate change risk, for example, or natural disasters, I think a lot of companies are seeing that the natural environment impacts their ability to to operate and achieve their business outcomes. So that that's one element. Uh, but I also think there are a lot of pressures from various stakeholders and society uh, for that that not only creates uh, a need for companies to respond, but also new business opportunities. Uh, and I think um, part of that. It's obviously government and regulations that have for many years uh, sort of shaped the environmental agenda, if you wish, and, and the requirements on companies. Uh, but I also think uh, amongst consumers, there's a lot more awareness uh, around uh, environmental sustainability uh, and consumers. We certainly see that also in our own research and in our conversations with our clients, that consumers are becoming more vocal and, and demanding in terms of knowing and seeing what the environmental implications are of the, of the products and services they consume. 
uh, and that they're also willing now to pay a premium for more environmentally sustainable products and services. So that creates new opportunities, but also challenges for, for companies to respond to that. Um, they also, uh, or con- uh, people also vote with their feet in terms of who they want to work for. We see uh, uh, companies that have a stronger environmental track record and are able to showcase that uh, find it easier to recruit uh, and then get access to talent. So, so people want to work for companies that uh, have a much uh, uh, stronger environmental profile. Uh, and finally, I think also, um, and very importantly, especially in the last couple of years, what we've seen is that uh, investors are becoming more uh, vocal and, and as putting uh, sustainability requirements into the way they allocate funds and investment and therefore capital to companies. And that's obviously the lifeblood of a lot of business, access to capital to be able to grow and, 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 and invest. And, and if, if that access to capital is becoming more conditional on your environmental profile and, and, and how you meet certain sustainability targets, that will also uh, uh, mean that the environmental sustainability agenda becomes much more important and much more central to your business strategy, I think. So you, you mentioned that it will present challenges and opportunities to companies. And I I noticed recently IBM uh, announced a target of net zero emissions by 2030. Uh, Mm. So kudos on that. I can imagine a lot of the challenges it'll present, but can you talk about some of the opportunities you're seeing? Yeah, certainly. I mean, first of all, I think uh, one thing uh, we're seeing is that a a lot of innovation and a lot of digital technologies, so some of the technologies and innovation activities we ourselves involved with, are creating new opportunities for, for tackling, for example, climate change or, or meeting sort of, uh, net zero uh, targets around carbon. Uh, and actually, one of the interesting things, uh, I think, uh, personally around IBM's announcement was also that uh, it, it's not uh, uh, based around offsetting uh, uh, carbon, but really about reducing the carbon footprint uh, and using mm-hmm. some of the innovation initiatives we're involved with in, in that context. So I think there are a lot of, uh, opportunities f- uh, for businesses to now innovate and using uh, various technologies for advancing inv- the environmental sustainability agenda. I also think it creates new business opportunities uh, for in- across a lot of industries. Uh, uh, as um, uh, consumers are becoming more uh, environmentally uh, s- uh, minded in, ter- in how they purchase, but also in terms of how government, for example, are allocating uh, funds and, and creating really new market opportunities and new business opportunities uh, for companies that are eager to play a part in addressing some of these environmental challenges. That is a major business opportunity as well, worth trillions of dollars. Just think about the the, the shift in our energy production and our energy distribution and, and, and moving towards much more renewable energy. That transition is a major business opportunity for, for companies that, that are uh, actively shaping solutions that direction. Right. And I mean, we see it in in SAP. We have our own Climate 21 initiative after which this podcast is named, which is a way to enable companies to interact with the data around their emissions. Uh, Can you talk to some of that as well? I mean, uh, the the data is obviously going to be a huge portion of companies' uh, ability to respond. They they need to, to see the data. They need to know what their emissions are and work to reduce them, to your point. Yeah. I, I think you're hitting on a very important point here, that the centrality of data and, and big data 
in many ways, the way we interact with the, the human environment or the natural environment as, as humans is based around insight and data and has always been. And now the emergence of the big data uh, and I've got to capture much more insight about what goes on will be central to how we move forward on the environmental sustainability agenda and opens up a lot of new opportunities. It, it creates at a very basic level much more transparency and insight into how our different production and economic processes and activities uh, contribute to either environmental problems or also how we uh, use environmental uh, resources and natural resources in our production process. So the, the opportunities associated with leveraging big data uh, for a more environmental the friendly and more environmentally sustainable economy and and, and environmentally uh, sustainable business is is central and 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 that works at, at many different levels I think for for, for companies uh, at one level it uh, it obviously from an accountability perspective allows us to track and trace the economic impact of what we do as businesses much more and certainly from a compliance and reporting perspective that that is important yeah? but it also I think allows us to uh, transform. Uh, our business processes, our production processes, our economic activities as businesses in very fundamental ways. And as we seek to use, for example, digital technologies and data to optimize our supply chains or, or optimize certain production processes, uh, we can also incorporate environmental sustainability uh, objectives into that and, and environmental data into that. And if you start, for, if you're, for example, in the process of automating a particular production process or certain elements of your distribution decisions and, and so forth, and, 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 and you're doing that to seek efficiencies, you can also incorporate environmental objectives into that. You can incorporate environmental data into that and start automating uh, towards a more environmentally sustainable production process as well. And I think that holds a lot of opportunities. And, and big data is really the foundation on, on which we do that. And now with the Internet of Things and everything else emerging, we have access to so much more data and, and and the natural environment is full of data it's it is big data in many ways <laughs> when we look out at the the, the oceans the air etc it, it is there's a lot of data that has in tremendous implications for how we do business uh, uh and how we uh, we engage with it as, as, as human beings yeah and you, you're, you're absolutely right the the environment is full of data but are we are we capturing enough of it and doing anything with it or do enough with it? Yeah, uh, I mean that, that's that's a, uh, again a, an interesting question you raised there because there is a lot of potential, but in my personal view, and I think a lot of people share this, we're perhaps not doing enough. And, uh, and and if you look at how big data is transforming our businesses, uh, how it's transforming other elements of our society, environment the environment has sort of has not quite been transformed to the same extent. It has not been used of the data to the same extent. Uh, and uh, and whilst it is sort of our next big data frontier in some respects, we have yet to tap into it and tap into the insight we gain from it to really leverage it for environmental sustainability. And I think there are various reasons for that. Uh, some are to do with the nature of the data and the technical complexity of it. Uh, it, it uh, the environment is full of data, but the environment is very heterogeneous. There are lots of different elements to it uh, and very many different types of data. Uh, and when we start thinking about uh, tackling a particular environmental problem, we often need data from many different sources. 
inside and outside our own organization. For example, in, within a company, when we're using big data, if, if we own that data ourselves or we have, uh, have access to it within our own organization, we can kind of govern it and control it in a more easy way. When it comes to the environment, we usually need data from lots of different sources, uh, and it takes many different forms. Uh, and, and integrating that data and making it useful to gain insight to transform a particular business process or economic process is very complex. So there's a huge uh, data integration challenge there, I would say. Uh, and then also on top of that, a data governance challenge, because how, if, if you need data from all these different actors, how do we actually make sure we have a data governance structure that allows organizations to make use of it? How do we also make it open and accessible to those organizations that can actually make a difference in terms of achieving lines and sustainability? So that, that, that's one element of it around data and the technology. Uh, and then finally, uh, the other side of it is something more the business challenge, if, if, if you like. How do we create the right business models, uh, uh, the right business strategies that allows us to really tap into this and, and achieve impact at scale? I think that, that's, a, that's a key thing. We, we are doing a lot as, as businesses and societies uh, to advance different agendas. Um, but when it comes to fully leveraging big data and digital technologies for environmental sustainability, uh, a lot of initiatives remain at the pilot level and uh, stage and, and, and do not necessarily scale to achieve the impact they could do. And I think that, that that's a major challenge going forward, how we, how we achieve that. We'll be right back. Hi, and welcome to Hiss and Tell, a cat podcast where we delve deep into the fascinating world of feline behavior with your host, me, Christina Wilson, a professional animal behaviorist. Each episode features insightful discussions with leading veterinarians, dedicated researchers and scientists, experts in cat behavior and training, and so much more. Join me as we decode the complexities of pet loss, unravel the mysteries of feline health and behavior, and discover the latest research findings. I'll meet you at Hiss and Tell. And I can imagine for companies that are or have rolled out big data projects, there's a huge economic incentive for them to do so if it's something that, for example, helps them be more efficient in their manufacturing or something like that. But environmental sustainability, how is that going to help them? I guess the point I'm getting at is there there isn't really a, a burning platform. There isn't really a, a huge incentive for companies to use environmental data for sustainability purposes, right? I, and I think that, that, that again, uh, that that goes to one of uh, the heart of one of the key problems is how do you create right incentive models, the right incentive structures to encourage uh, companies, but also us as consumers to um, uh, to really make a difference and make changes. But also here, I think big data and technologies can play a key role in in changing that incentive structure. Um, I'm I'm an economist. By background, and uh, and uh, and w- when I studied environmental economics in the past, and uh, we we also uh, environmental pollution, environmental costs were an externality. It was referred to as an externality to the economic transaction, and we couldn't internalize that cost into the pricing mechanisms, and that created these distortions where we uh, where businesses produce things or consumers purchase things without taking account of that environmental impact. Now, if we are able to use big data and digital technologies to uh, truly track and get a much deeper insight into what the uh, environmental implications are 
of what we do as businesses and, and our economic activity, uh, then we're able to internalize that. Uh, and, use, and digital technologies can play a key role in that. And, and big data can play a key role in internalizing that environmental cost into our business processes and into our economic activity. And if we're able to do that, we're also shifting the incentive structure to act, I think. Then, then you can use uh, market me mechanisms like carbon pricing, for example, to encourage businesses and, and truly show businesses and consumers what the real implication now is of, of what you're doing and what the cost is of what you're doing. And if, if there's a cost attached to it uh, and a price attached to certain things, uh, Businesses and consumables tend, when to, tend to act as well. Uh, and and that, that should help us move forward on that. And I think going forward, we, we need uh, more use of those type of mechanisms to, to shift gears in terms of a, a, achieving uh, change of scale. Okay. And if I am a company interested in doing this, interested in you know rolling out big data solutions with environmental sustainability data, how do I go about that? Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. It's it's, it's not easy, I would say, but it, there, are, there are lots of opportunities. One thing I found uh, interesting uh, amongst a lot of organizations and companies is that they recognize the environmental sustainability agenda and the importance of environmental sustainability, and at the same time, they have a digital transformation agenda and seeing that as very important for their business organization going forward. But they are often uh, addressed in a slightly separate manner as two parallel tracks if i can put it that way and i think it's it's key that uh we start integrating those so we start integrating the way we think about digital transformation and environmental sustainability uh, within our organizations looking much more carefully at how um digital uh the digital technologies that we're using and the big data we use can be integrated into our environmental sustainability objectives and vice versa how do we as we go through the digital transformation process how do we integrate environmental sustainability uh objectives into that so so integration at a strategic level i think is is a first step uh, but then it's also important to understand uh from a business perspective what elements of your business uh, uh are potentially affected i think by uh by various environmental challenges and risks out there and how do you as a business start addressing that and, and what role can big data and insight play in in helping you advance on the on the, these different areas where, where there are particular opportunities and risk for your business uh, and whilst you think big as a business around this and and uh, in terms of the ultimate transformation that you're trying to achieve I think uh, you also need to approach it in a sort of pragmatic way and and start small show the value to your business and your stakeholders from what you're doing and as you show value you get more more commitment and and then you can scale from there so it's uh, think big but start small and then scale as fast as you can i think that's <laughs> that's the way forward okay and and if you are thinking big if you if you if you want to be ambitious in this space uh, as an organization you know when you think big what 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 are the real what are the biggest implications of doing this? What are the, what's the, the 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 kind of the ultimate aim of a, of a project like this? Well, I think some of the most interesting organizations out there in, in this context, in terms of what they've done, they have rethought their entire business model and business strategy in the context of sustainability and digital, and and the link between the two. I have been very impressed with what. To mention one name, a, a, a Dutch company, Signify, which is in the lighting industry. Yep. Uh, they have rethought their entire uh, business model and then business strategy around both sustainability, but integrated with the potential of digital. And in the context of that, 
rethought what lighting means, what lighting can do uh, in terms of improving uh, physical space and making physical space more environmentally sustainable, sustainable. And, and actually seeing uh, light nodes as, as integral to an Internet of Things platform and, and, uh, and as a source of data and information uh, and not just as a source of light. Uh, and, 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 as you, and when you start thinking outside the box in that context, then you can uh, create whole new business opportunities in terms of products and services that you can sell and new markets that you can access and tap into. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and you're doing it in a context where you're remaking your whole business into a more sustainable enterprise. And I think thinking big like that and, and, and make going through that kind of transformation is, is very impressive when you see organizations do that. And, uh, and that, that is, I think, illustrates what can be done when you also integrate your, your sustainability strategy with your digital transformation strategy. Yeah, I've, 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 I know Signify. I had one of their executives on one of my other podcasts, the Supply Chain Podcast, talking about using light for transmission of data, Li-Fi, essentially. Exactly. Uh, and that, that was a really interesting episode. Uh, but speaking of data and, and moving data, uh, if we're talking about all this environmental data and big data, are there issues there around uh, privacy, governance, all this kind of thing that we need to take into account? Very much so, I think, uh, and and that is one of the the concerns around object. When, when everyone when we start talking about big data, uh, that there are going to be privacy concerns, and especially if you want to start combining uh, data from the physical environment with, for example, understanding what are the implications for health and linking it to health data. And uh, there are all kinds of privacy uh, concerns, and, and we need as uh, and 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 the. The right governance model for this uh, is, is something obviously we as societies have to uh, determine, and, and there will be constraints in what data we should tap into and how we use different types of data and who has access to what data, uh, uh, depending on those uh, concerns. And I think data governance uh, for environmental sustainability is uh, a, a central challenge when it comes to leveraging big data uh, and digital technologies. And, and we should actually in my view, see uh, environmental data governance as a central feature of future environmental governance uh, in the sense that uh, environmental protection agencies and environmental policy, uh, and, uh, more broadly, both at a national level and at an international level, should have much, uh, sh- should uh, have an integral component to data governance. Uh, how do we uh, tap into uh, and, and leverage environmental data towards environmental sustainability? How do we make sure that we uh, uh, that organizations have access to it uh, and organizations and stakeholders more widely? Uh, there's also a lot of exciting stuff around, for example, citizen science and how you can engage citizens much more actively in a, uh, towards achieving sustainability. And that, that element as well can be enabled uh, through a proper data government, uh, governance and, and, and access to data. So I think we need to think much more carefully about what are the principles that should govern, uh, govern our environmental data? How can we embed environmental data governance much more firmly within environmental governance? And at an international level as well, for example, how do we also ensure that uh, organizations can collaborate and share data and insight across borders potentially? With it? Uh, so, so how do we uh, make, uh, ensure that the different geographic levels of governance uh, are in place 
for, for effectively using uh, big data towards environmental sustainability. And that, that's a big challenge. I'm not saying it's easy, mm-hmm. but I think it's, 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 it's central and, and key to achieving success and, and tapping into the potential big data and digital technologies for, for sustainability. And, and who would be responsible for deciding that? Ah, that, 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 uh, again, I think it, uh, at various levels, you have uh, different organizations, obviously at the international level, it, it's agreements between uh, countries that, that will govern this. Uh, and uh, But I think, for example, when we have international conferences on, on climate change, for example, they are obviously very important in setting targets and uh, I'm not uh, in any way diminish, <laughs> diminishing the importance of that. But I think a, a central discussion in that context, for example, could be how do we, as an international community, create the right principles and mechanisms for, for sharing data across borders? What are the constraints and limitations, but also what, how do we create the right principles and, and regulations uh, uh, to ensure that we can uh, start sharing data across borders? Uh, then, there, obviously, at national level, you also have governments that, uh, that have to set uh, the right uh, uh, rules and regulations in place uh, at, at the national level. But you also have within local communities. What's interesting, I think, is when it comes to environmental sustainability, a lot of activities and a lot of energy exist at the local community level. So how can you also ensure that uh, you, you have access to data at that local community level uh, to to allow um, stakeholders uh, to to launch initiatives, get get access to the insight and data that uh, that is required for new solutions to to be initiated uh, within uh, the local communities. Okay, very good, uh, Jacob. If you think about the conversation we've had and. You know, even the broader topic of of climate and uh, everything that's happening. Are you optimistic for our future? I am optimistic, but not complacent. So I think uh, I, I see a lot of movements in the right directions, a lot of opportunities. I think a lot more organizations and, and stakeholders in our society are, are so keenly aware now of the need to act. And there's uh, and, and there are more incentives to act as well and more awareness that there are opportunities associated with this that we can tap into. And, and, uh, uh, and, and also, I think the economics are changing to some extent in our favor. I think some, uh, the, 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 the relative cost of using, say, renewable energy versus other energy sources is shifting. Uh, and and, and so, so some, of, some of these dynamics are in our favor with less momentum in the right direction. Uh, but I also think it, it's not going to happen by itself. And we have to... Uh, make much more concerted efforts uh, to in, in, in encourage action, both by businesses, but also uh, by, by other actors in our society. And actually, I think there are opportunities for, for the public and private sector and non-governmental sectors to, to work much more actively together in this space. Uh, I, I, for all the chaos that has been associated with the last year of COVID-19, for example, one, one, positive that has come out has been has been in relation to the development of the vaccination for example i think what you saw there was that um governments and private sector and academia worked uh, together and collaborated to develop a vaccine in in a year which normally takes eight to ten years to develop so really accelerated innovation uh, when there was a pressing problem and when there was a real and eagerness to do that in, in, and in so doing they used a lot of uh, new funding mechanisms, techniques for sharing information, insight, and, and collaborating that perhaps hold some lessons 
that we can apply to the environmental domain as well. Uh, and I think it showed that when there is a will and when there is a pressing problem, we can do amazing things when we collaborate together through this kind of more open innovation. And I think we should take the lessons from that and apply it to the environmental sustainability. And if we can do that uh, and do so effectively, I'm, I'm uh, cautiously optimistic that we can, uh, that we can <laughs> meet the, the targets we need to to, to for a more sustainable future. Super, super. Jacob, um, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you wish I had, any topic we've not discussed that you think it's important for people to be aware of? Uh, no, I think we have touched on, on a lot of the uh, elements that are very central to the work I do and, 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 and that we're very uh, passionate about within IBM when it comes to t- uh, tapping into the potential of big data and digital technologies for environmental sustainability. Uh, I think this notion of open innovation is key. We need to ensure that uh, the, this data is accessible and, and useful for so that we can get the innovation ideas from anywhere because we need to recognize that when it comes to solution for environmental sustainability, they can come from anywhere and we should tap into that amazing potential as, as, as we move forward and, and try to achieve a more environmentally sustainable future. Super, super. Jacob, if people want to know more about yourself or about IBM or about any of the things we discussed on the podcast today, where would you have me direct them? Uh, we have uh, a lot of information on our website. We also have a specific website for the Institute for Business Value where we have our various publications and uh, we, our environmental uh, team also have information on, on their website. Uh, so that is the easiest source of, of information. Uh, okay. But people can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Sure. If you want to send me links to those websites, feel free and I'll include them in the show notes. Yeah, sounds excellent. Okay, Jacob, that's been great. Thanks a million for coming on the podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, we've come to the end of the show. Thanks everyone for listening. If you'd like to know more about Climate 21, feel free to drop me an email to tom.raftery at sap.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. If you liked the show, please don't forget to subscribe to it in your podcast application of choice to get new episodes as soon as they're published. Also, Please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. It really does help new people to find the show. Thanks. Catch you all next time.